With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Thursday, November 11th. It is Veterans Day. So for all those veterans, thank you very much for service. We really appreciate that. And for everyone else, the stock market is open, the bond market is closed. So take that as you may. Uh, We are talking about inflation today, and I'm going to bring Mark on. Mark, that was a pretty hot inflation rate, 30-year high. Do you remember what you were doing in 1990? Oh, goodness gracious, 1990? No, I was in high school. I don't remember. I remember 1990. I was still trading. Um, but this, I mean, it's crazy. This is the 6.2% annualized pace is where, where we stand. Again, the highest annual rate of inflation since 1990. Um, the core rate, which pulls out food and energy, the highest rate since 1991. I mean, that's kind of insanity. It's just hard to believe. But look, We know that this is something we were expecting. We know that demand is surging. We know that supply is constrained. And guess what? Prices go up. You know what, Mark? Um, Some of the details of this report are wild. Uh, For example, energy year over year up 30%. Have you filled up your little car anytime recently? (laughs) Yeah, last week, in fact, yes. It hurts, right? Yeah, it's almost $4 a gallon here in New York City. Yeah. Don't be driving or don't go out and try to buy a used car or truck. Prices up 26%. I get notices in the mail and via email every day from the dealership basically begging us to buy our car. Mm, You might be able to like you might be able to actually do like car flipping. The miracle of miracles, you may be able to actually take your car and make money on a car that you've driven. It's unbelievable. So, uh, you know, these numbers are pretty insane. Now, I think the big issue that we face is essentially what will happen, not so much right this second, but what happens if this persists? And I think the reality is that if higher prices persist into next year, it really is going to put the Federal Reserve into a bind. And so they've got two choices. You know, so far the Fed has said, 
all right, we're going to let prices run hot while the labor market heals. But you know what? Those Fed people, those economists, they are really schooled in the world of like inflation is the enemy. And I think that that's something that we should keep in mind. It's going to be hard for them to withstand this. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Here's a couple of things I do know. We are going to be paying these higher prices for a while. One of the things that I think you should prepare for is that the level of inflation will remain elevated, I think, six, maybe nine months. I really do. And uh, I talked about the high prices that we are seeing on CBS Mornings this week. And, you know, we were talking mostly coming out of a piece that talked about Thanksgiving prices. You know, like it, it's pretty crazy to think that every single part of your Thanksgiving meal is more expensive. Now, I'm worried that a lot of that's going to persist. Mark, are you worried about inflation or not? Well, I, I've accepted the fact that it's going to be around for a while. I was just looking at some of these numbers. If you're a steak eater, if you enjoy having that big steak, maybe on a Friday night or a Saturday night, 24% it's up year no, over year. No steak. No steak. You cannot have steak. You must not eat steak. I promise. It's not going to be worth it. And I don't even like steak so much, so I'm going to just forget it. All right. Pork, <laughs> pork chops, 16%. Um, what about chicken? Because you know I'm a big chicken gal. Uh, let me see. Chicken is up 9%. What about tofu? <laughs> I don't see tofu. <laughs> but coffee, coffee is up 6%. Eggs, 12%. Fish, 11 It's nuts. It is. It really is. So anyway, we go into a little bit of a deeper dive here um, on the air with uh, my great anchors for CBS Mornings, Gail King, Tony DeCopel, and Nate Burleson. So Mark, let's play the let's play the segment, and then you and I'll talk on the other side of it. Okay? Roger, Dodger. This week, our new series, In Short Supply, is looking at how supply chain bottlenecks could ruin Americans' holiday plans. Thanksgiving, of course, is a time when many families and friends gather to eat a big meal, complete with turkey, with stuffing, pumpkin pie even. But grocery stores are already struggling to fill empty shelves, and people can expect to pay record high prices for their holiday food. Meg Oliver shows us why you may want to start hitting the grocery store aisles today. Thanksgiving is a few weeks away, but with so many supply chain issues, I'm here early to make sure I get all the fixings. Here's the good news. The USDA says there isn't actually a turkey shortage this year, but that doesn't mean you're not going to be paying more. The birds are going to cost you an extra 10 to 15 percent. If you're having a smaller Thanksgiving, buy your turkey early. The smaller ones are expected to go first as Americans keep their gatherings intimate. And by the way, if you're thinking of having chicken as an alternative, that could be a problem too. All poultry prices are rising because of factors like climate change, making the grain they eat harder to get, so more expensive, and that cost is getting passed on to us. No Thanksgiving would be complete without pumpkin, and that could be another issue. Most of our canned and pureed pumpkins come from Illinois, which was hit hard by a fungus this year. Aluminum shortages mean this and any other canned goods are in shorter supply. That's because aluminum suppliers can't get their hands on enough magnesium, which is produced in China and an important part of the aluminum making process. Farms are having a tough time all around because of wood shortages needed for shipping and labor shortages, especially migrant farm workers who weren't allowed in the country during the pandemic. 
if all of this is stressing you out and you need a drink, I hate to tell you this, but liquor may be harder to come by. A lot of booze comes from overseas and companies are having a tough time sourcing the bottles and they take time to make. The overall message from the USDA is don't worry too much. If everyone gets only what they need, there should be enough to go around. Oh, boy, we are joined now by CBS News business analyst, financial guru, Jill Schlesinger. Jill, how are you? I'm well. Uh, we saw Meg Oliver put two bottles of booze into her <laughs> cart there. Uh, these prices are, I mean, it's serious business. I mean, yeah. people are yeah. upset. Yeah. Uh, the bills are going up. How long can we expect these prices to continue? Um, this is well into next year. And when you talk to economists, they say there's a lot of factors behind this. But things should start to ease up maybe as early as the end of the first quarter, probably not till the middle of next year. So we're talking, you know, a good six to nine months before we see a lot of price pressure ease. And, and what's the why here? Is there two or three reasons? That's we a good question. There's so many reasons. Let's go to the demand side. So, by the way, if you had to take Econ 101 and you slept during it, now we're going to tell you. <laughs> demand side. Okay, what happened? We have been out of the economy, essentially, for almost 20 months. And there was a lot of pent-up demand for what we mm. wanted. We used to actually spend a lot of money on services during the pandemic. We switched to goods, stuff, right? You're in your house. You're buying stuff. And that demand is surging and continues to surge. Part of the reason is that we've got excess savings, more than $2 trillion Americans saved beyond what they would have pre-pandemic. So there's money that's available and you really want to spend. So that's the demand side. Demand and then more to spend. Of course. Absolutely. So what happens if the prices remain high? What, what effect will that have on well, the economy? Well, let's get to the other side of this. So demand and then there's supply. Uh, and then the supply part is actually really important. We have had supply chain problems and issues probably for about 10 or 20 years. Part of the problem is that we've come to rely on places like China and Korea and even Germany. And as the pandemic unfurled, what we saw was these, sub, these areas would shut down one after another after another. So there were huge production delays. There were warehouses that had to make big decisions. There were shipping companies that had to change their routes. There were container companies for these ships that moved stuff in the wrong direction. And on top of that, I think that when you think about how the virus unfolded, the opening was really kind of herky-jerky, meaning it opened in one place, not in the other. Ships are in the wrong place, containers are in the wrong place, and there's real bottlenecks. Could this be good in the long run for American workers? Because the, the need to fill these jobs may mean higher wages, better benefits. Well, I mean, the supply shortage, and we've talked about this so much on the program, and that is that we have had people out of the labor force. Maybe they were sick themselves. Family members were sick. Children were at home. People were out of the labor force because of child care issues. And when we look at where we are now, these shortages are only exacerbating. So, yes, higher wages are part of the process to lure people back in. But remember, those higher wages can feed into the inflation problem, right? Because right. we're getting paid more now. We can pay more for the goods and services. I want to go back to Nate's question, though. If the prices remain high, what happens? Well, I think this is an important part of the, the puzzle. The Federal Reserve met last week, and the chair, Jerome Powell, has consistently said 
this is transitory or a temporary problem. Well, it may not be. Mm. And if inflation lingers more than expected, this can slow down economic growth. So we have seen growth in the first half of the year at about six and a half percent. It's a huge number after we saw the economy contract last year. Right now in the third quarter, the first reading was Two percent. Part of that had to do with supply issues and inflation. We're expecting things to pick up. But if people don't have the money to spend on higher priced goods and services, guess what? The economy is going to slow down. Mm-hmm. All right. Best the advice for the consumers. What? Well, yeah. Right now is buy that turkey today yeah. if you can. Today. No, the booze, the not the turkey. Well, you can freeze it, you know. All right. Use the freezer in the garage. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. So, Mark, here's my big question to you. If these prices are going to persist, do you think you'll change your spending habits as a result? No. You don't? No. Yeah. I mean, that's really the key, isn't it? Because if we change our habits, that's when the economy could take a hit. And I got this great piece of analysis from our friend of the pod, Diane Swank. She is the chief economist at Grant Thornton. And one of the things that she talked about in terms of, you know, kind of what happens is um, that the Fed could really get spooked about this. And at the time the Fed gets spooked and raises interest rates, it could also be the time where people do change their habits. And I just want you to listen to this quote. It's so smart. It is important to remember that central bankers are hardwired to worry more about inflation than the labor market. Chairman Powell is an outlier among his peers. He has more humility about the Fed's forecasting prowess and is not as skittish about inflation. He is willing to allow the labor market to fully heal before raising rates. So if the Fed kind of holds firm and rates stay really low, uh, that could actually augur a more positive upside for even for financial markets, but I think it could also contribute to asset inflation. So I think there's a lot of things going on right now, and I do believe that as we go through the next bunch of months, the pace of inflation will slow down, but actual prices are not going to fall dramatically, at least, I think, probably another six months. So Mark, save up your shekels. Get ready to buy those steaks. We don't even eat so much steak. Let's get a tofu reading. Anybody? <laughs> get us a tofu reading. All right. Tomorrow, we will get back to your questions. Again, if you've got a comment about inflation, maybe you're changing your spending habits as a result. Just go to our website, jillonmoney.com, and click the contact button. We will get your message. Don't forget to tell us if you'd like to come on the air live with us. While you're on our website, jillonmoney.com, sign up for our free weekly newsletter, okay? You know, I was riding the Peloton this morning, Mark, and Christine, my favorite instructor, said something that was really great. She talked about having discipline, and sometimes the discipline is to just stay your course, not make yourself crazy. So let's stay our course, and let's lift someone up, grit, growth, grace, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. 